If you're on the lookout for some new nerd fits for the upcoming season, why not pay a visit to Made With Rage? Made With Rage is a black-owned independent clothing store selling sweatshirts, t-shirts, hats, swimwear and lots more. Clothing features designs based on popular anime like Demon Slayer, Naruto and Dragon Ball Z, but bespoke requests are welcome. To check out the range, visit madewithrage.co.uk. That's madewithrage.co.uk. He said you'd come. Lawrence, hope you're not too late. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Wulong Talks podcast. My name is Jason. I'm the host of the show, as you know by now. And I'm joined by the partner in crime. Uh, he's back. I'm so glad to have him back again. His name is Rich Reviews, aka Rich Kid, aka the Rustling Kid, aka Boy, just I don't know, the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Rich, welcome back, man. Good Listen, to have you back, bro. Back, it's, it's good to be back. What's happening, bro? What's going on, man? What's happening? Yeah, everything and nothing, man. Everything and nothing, as the saying goes. But um, yeah, I said, it's good to have you back again, bro. It's been a while. It's been too long. Too long. Yeah, 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 definitely. You know what? We're here now. That's all that matters. So mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. You know what? You know what? There's a saying, and it's also the, the title of the last Star Trek episode or the Star Trek Next Generation. The best things come to, and then then there's dot dot dot. So you know what you can you can fill in the blanks there. If you don't mm. know it, you don't know it. But you know what I mean. So yeah, we're, we're, it's it's good to be back, man. For sure, bro. For sure, for sure. So listeners, welcome, uh, welcome to our podcast. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, then welcome. What we do here is myself and Rich will talk uh, comic books, movies, TV shows, gaming, and anything and everything to do with pop culture and in particular geek culture. Um, we do that uh, whenever we can, when we come together and we, as I said, do reviews and uh, spoilers chats and things like that. So we're here today to have our spoilers discussion about uh, Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness. I've not even really spoken to Rich about it at all, so um, it'll be interesting to hear his views. And uh, we'll go into some spoilers on this episode. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, this is your warning uh, to back out now and go and listen to my Is It Worth a Tenor review, uh, which is available on our podcast channel, or to check out uh, Rich's review as well on the, his TikTok channel, uh, which is Rich Reviews. Um, on TikTok, you can check out his non-spoiler review on there as well. Um, but otherwise, Rich, how have you been, man? What have you been up to? You know what? I've been good, man. You know, what? I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm gonna say it, say it with my chest. I've missed you. That's what that's what's been happening, bro. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, no, just just been chilling to be honest. Um, I'm getting back, I'm slowly but surely getting back in, getting back into the habit of going to the cinema. So next on my list, hopefully this week, or well. Yeah, hopefully this week or next week it will be uh what's the film? Everything everywhere at once with the Michelle Yo multiverse movie. 
yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, sorry, yeah. I thought you were, well, I wasn't sure if you were still there. Yeah, uh-huh. so, yeah, so I'm getting back to the swing of going to the cinema. Um, I'm getting back to the swing of buying, co- physically buying comics. So, um, I mean, I bought a couple, well, quite a few yesterday, but there were some back issues. Um, there's a, a guy that I made friends with on eBay. So, um, yeah, you know what? After two years, I think I'm finally getting back to the swing of just being, a, you know, just being a geek again, man, to be honest. Um, what else have I been doing? I haven't really been playing anything computer game wise, but that's next on my list. But um, I saw a film that you reviewed on a, is it worth a tenner? So that's a nice little plug for both of us for you. Um, and it was Dr. Sleep. And I was really freaking impressed, bro. That mm-hmm. film was, listen, that film was heavy. And I'm actually going to do a, um, a review for it on my TikTok. And because I know I like to talk, I'm going to keep this nice and brief and simple. You know what? That Mike Flanagan guy, I know that he's been making waves of all of this horror stuff that he's been doing. I haven't seen all that stuff because I'm not really a horror fan like that, but I will watch it because I like film, obviously. But after seeing Doctor Sleep, you know what? Give Mike Flanagan an X-Men movie. Hands down. Hmm. Give Mike Flanagan... Mike Flanagan could have done wonders of the New Mutants movie. I, I promise you. Like, that... I mean, you've seen it already, you know, but the last half of Doctor Sleep basically is just Jean Grey and Professor X fighting against, what's it called? Fighting against, you know, like the Shadow King, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and he does it so well, man. So, so well. Um, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, good. Yeah, you know, good luck to him for the future for his stuff, man, because it seems to be like he's only going to get, going to get like more offers, you know, that are going to open up for him. But yeah, man, that's, that's all I've been up to, to be honest. But, um, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you finally got to see um, Doctor Sleep, man. Because yeah, it's it's an amazing movie. Um, it really is. And I think Mike Flanagan's a G, man. I've said it before, yeah. bro. He's yeah, a G. Yeah. That the guy, everything he touches just seems to turn to gold. Mm-hmm, uh, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's this or Haunting of Hill House or um, Midnight Mass. You know, just like everything he puts out is just high, high quality. And yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I didn't actually think of it, but now you you said it, like. Yeah, there's like strong kind of new mutant vibes, isn't there? With that yeah, whole, yeah, yeah. particularly with the third act of Doctor Sleep, as you said, like it, yeah, it's yeah. yeah, it's got that whole vibe. He could definitely do, um, yeah, definitely do like a, 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 a X Men or a New Mutants adaptation, something like that. One hundred percent, he could, man, for sure. So, um, mm. yeah, especially when you see what what he's done there. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I definitely will co-sign on that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's a good look, man. I mean, for me, I'm same as you. I'm hoping to go and see uh, everything everywhere all at once next week, hopefully. Because, um, yeah, that just looks amazing. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Um, but aside from that, yeah, not a lot. I, I downloaded uh, Battlefield, the, the Hardline, because I played it once on PS3. Um, and they had it on sale on PS4 for like pennies over easter mm. um so i downloaded it and i've only played like the first two episodes or three episodes because basically what i'm not sure how much you know but battlefield normally it's like kind of war games and stuff like that. it's like yeah, yeah. a call of duty type first person shooter usually based around a war scenario or something like that yeah. but with hardline it's actually based around a cop a cop scenario and in particular a cop show scenario Okay. So okay. basically, like each in campaign mode, each 
level of campaign mode is presented like a a, a cop show TV episode. Mm. So basically, you're you're you know you're like this kind of rookie um, narcotics cop, and you're partnered up with this new partner played by um, Kelly Hu, and um, you go and 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 you've you've got to like follow evidence and 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 like investigate this new drug that's being implemented and and um, yeah arrest criminals and shoot people and get into car chases and blow stuff up basically. Mm. Um, so I've been playing that, but I've not got that far really. I've only got to about like chapter two on it, and that's been about okay. it. Um, but yeah, it's been all right. It's 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 been yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, what else have I done? I've been watching Spy X Family as well with. Um, oh yeah, how's that going then? On uh, Crunchyroll, good, good. Yeah, it's it's actually quite fun. Um, I, I've you probably recall me talking about this, listeners, on the last podcast I did with um, Big A. But but um, yeah, it's 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 good fun, man. Like it's it's like a nice breezy kind of like comedy based. Um, it's action comedy, I guess, is the best way to describe it because it's like spies and it, it's um, espionage and, and all of these kind of things, but um, but with a heavy kind of dose of comedy involved in it as well, which is probably what I need after all of the the heavy heavy going with um, Attack on Titan and, and things like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it makes a, a difference to have something that's a little bit more lighthearted and a bit more easier to just kind of pick up and engage with so that's been pretty cool and i'm trying to think of what else i've been doing um oh yeah watched a couple of uh british movies as well some black british movies uh which i did some reviews for on our letterbox page so um, if you've mm. got a letterbox account then uh please do go and hit up our letterbox page as well because um yeah we're always kind of posting reviews and stuff up there so so definitely worth checking out. But um, yeah, I reviewed a, a couple of movies that I saw, um, one of which wasn't great. <laughs> if if to put which, it one is that? which one is that, man? Um, Boxing Day. So it's... Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you probably remember the, the adverts for it, right? Again, listeners, if you heard last week's episode, you'll, you'll know I spoke to Big A about this. And um, yeah, I wasn't that impressed, unfortunately. I was I was really hoping I would like this one, but it just didn't work for me um, at all, really. But um, yeah, Boxing Day and the other one was Pirates. Uh, Reggie Yates' um, film, his debut film. Okay, um, I saw your review. I didn't read it. But, um, but yeah, and it was okay. It was that. okay. It was, um, yeah. you know, it... it I mentioned in the review that um, it relies a lot on nostalgia for that era Mm. um, for its appeal. And because the story is quite basic and there is some funny scenes, but it's, it's largely about the, the, that kind of time period and, and, um, and the garage music scene as well. And and, and the kind of things that revolved around that scene. So some of it is, is very specific to that. So unless you are somebody who's familiar with it, like some of it, probably won't make sense Mm. um but I enjoyed it because you know we come from that scene so like for me it was was like you know all of the kind of things that were referencing I was like oh yeah yeah yeah, we went there and oh yeah we did that and you know them kind of things so Mm. so I enjoyed it on on that level um and uh I do hope that you know Reggie gets a a chance to do some more uh because I think he does have some talent as as a director um, and as, as a storyteller. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm hoping that 
this gives him the opportunity to do something more. But it, I've yeah. been waiting for it for ages to come out, and it's now on Netflix on UK in the UK. So if you do want to see it, listeners, you can uh, find it on your Netflix page. Um, and yeah, that's about it, really. That's I think of it. That was mm. far as it's got for me, really, in terms of um, okay. everything else. So, um, yeah, I said, listeners, uh, again, final warning, this is uh, going to be a spoilers chat. Um, what me and Rich are going to do here is we'll just break down uh, the, the movie. I'm not going to get into like the, the, the full logistics of the plot and all of that, because I'm sure you've if you're listening to this, you've seen the movie by now. So, um, you know, there's no need for us to really go into like a kind of description of what happens from A to B to C in the film plot so um we'll just kind of start off with our overall thoughts on the movie get into some of our favorite scenes um talk about some of the the pros and the cons and then we'll give it a, a score at the end and, and where we kind of rank it um and talk about where we're go- we think the story might be going as well uh, and we also have a couple of audience questions as well and some comments we put our shout for some comments and we managed to get some feedback back from some folks so uh, we'll address those as well but um yeah first of all rich i mean you saw the movie last week uh, kind of same as me pretty much um what was your kind of initial reactions coming out of the movie having seen it um i enjoyed it man i enjoyed it um i i mean you know what it's as good as the first one but not as good as the first one as in like they're two completely different movies obviously because one's scott derrickson and the other one literally i mean the I don't know enough about Scott Derrickson to know, you know, like Scott Derrickson tropes, but you go into the second one and you watch it. And if you know Sam Raimi, like this is, this, they, they should have called it this, Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange or Sam Raimi presents Doctor Strange. That's what they should have called it. Um, so I like that it was different, but I love the movie. I mean, I've been hearing quite a few negative things about it online. And I feel that, we, we've now entered into another phase in regards to like geekdom where people expect and want certain things. I was happy with what they gave me. Could they have done certain things a few, a, a bit better? Yeah. We'll, we'll delve into that a little bit later when, you know, after, you know, when we start talking about spoilers, but, um, but I was, yeah, I enjoyed myself, man. It was, it was money worth spending. Let's, let's put it that, let's put it that way. It was like, I wasn't upset that, you know, that I've, I'm getting back to this thing, going to the cinema and spending money to sit in, in a seat, you know, in, in, a, in a big room with other people that I don't know and buy food that tastes like freaking cardboard. Um, I, it didn't bother me. You, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, man. And um, and it's, I think it's official that Benedict Cumberbatch is basically the, uh, the replacement for Robert Downey Jr. for the MCU. I mean, when you see this, you, you, I mean, you, you, you know what I mean. Well, not you, but people out there who haven't seen this. Um, but yeah, that's how I felt about it. I, I enjoyed it. I, I mean, it has its flaws, but it was an enjoyable movie. And I think that Marvel were definitely back on the ball. Wicked, wicked, wicked. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good stuff, man. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, I'm kind of the same. I, I enjoyed it, although I think I do have more problems with it now I, I think about it. And I mm. think that it's not quite... Like, when I came out of it, I think euphoria kind of led me to be like yeah this is that this is amazing and, and and stuff and stuff and stuff yeah yeah yeah. and yeah. then now I've kind of with the passage of time and I've had like a week to kind of mull it over and think about different things there are certain things now that I'm kind of like mm, yeah that kind of doesn't work really um 
but I don't think I certainly don't feel like because I've seen some it's been strange like observing over the past week what other people's reactions have been because Mm -hmm. it's been wild as in I've seen some people on the extreme of things saying it's the best Marvel movie they've ever seen that's a lie. Things like that. And like, yeah, it's just amazing and it's flawless and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think that. But then similarly, there's some people who've been like making great hay out of saying, oh, it's a disaster and it's this and that. And, you know, and it was boring and, and all of this kind of thing. And it didn't meet my expectations. And I'm just kind of like, OK, what what were your expectations then? You know, like I don't know if you've seen the memes that's doing the round on the Internet, but there's a, a funny one where um, it, it says, uh, you know, it's a it's quotes from presumably from a film like you know the a film nerd saying oh uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness did not meet my expectations and then in mm. the second sentence it says their expectations and then it's a picture with Doctor Strange doing a sling ring portal and coming through the portal is like um, Optimus Prime um, <laughs> like <laughs> Captain Jack Sparrow Rambo mm. the Care Bears like <laughs> this stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. which made me laugh but yeah you're you're right there is kind of people are are letting their expectations kind of run away with them and not allowing them to and it's not allowing people to just enjoy something because of what it is and and I'll hold my hands up and say that happened to me as well with uh WandaVision like I fell into that trap straight like I was like yeah it's going to be this it's going to be that and blah, blah 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 and then when it didn't get to that I was kind of like oh, what the hell happened? Like, I wanted this and this. And then I realised that it was because I had put my own expectations on the thing rather than just enjoying the thing as it is and then coming to a conclusion afterwards. So, um, yeah, there has been a lot of that. I I think I fall probably more in in the middle and I lean towards it more being good um, and enjoyable rather than um, disappointing. There's, There's loads of things that I actually really enjoy and I think we can kind of just start off and start talking about our positives and things really but um you know one of the key positives for me for me is uh having Sam Raimi as director I think um you know I like what Scott Derrickson did with Doctor Strange in the first movie um and I like Scott Derrickson as a director in general but I think this is just such a such a crazy perfect marriage between like a, a director and a, an IP like you know Sam Raimi and Doctor Strange just to me seem to go hand in hand for what kind of Sam Raimi likes to do with with his kind of movies and and for what Doctor Strange allows for you to do with um the the types of characters and and uh, themes that exist within the, the world of Doctor Strange so for me, you know, seeing Sam Raimi, I remember when the announcement came through that Sam Raimi was going to replace Derrickson. Mm. And I thought, wow, what a great, great move. Like, great, great move to get Scott Der- um, to get Sam Raimi in there. Uh, and for me, you know, his fingerprints being over this movie are, are, are some of the, the positives for me from, you know, whether it's the the screen wipes or the POV shots or the jump scares or the sound design or, you know, whatever it is that, that, that Sam kind of brings to the the movie, it fits the movie perfectly and it fits the the characters perfectly. So, you know, for me, that's like a, a real kind of positive 
for the movie is is what he brings there but um i'm sure because rich is it, uh, as people well they may not know this actually but you know rich is is quite a a big sam raimi fan and you know been an Evil dude, Dead fan since yeah. day one so um so rich for you you know when that movie started and you started to see the kind of things that raimi was doing how was that <laughs> how was that feeling for you you must have been psyched you, you know what like it was one of those things where I went to go see it with a friend of mine who's a few years older than me, but we're both Sam Raimi fans. But we were Sam, obviously we're Sam Raimi, we were Sam Raimi fans at different points in our life. And it was just that thing of just like, well, first, first of all, I, I sat watching this movie and just went, I'd really like to see the face of the person who kept on saying that Sam Raimi can't continue with his Evil Dead franchise. Because this clearly shows that he still has the gumption to pull it off. Right. So, so there was that. Um, but also at the same time, it just I really found it fascinating how Sam Raimi, he gets spoken about in such applause. But at the same time, you just like sometimes you go like, well, hold on, what has he done? What's he good at? You can, you can do that because he's not someone who brings out a film very often. You might have to go back to his older works and be like, oh, shit, that's what he's able. That's you know, that's what he does well. But I sat down watching it and just going. He has the same tricks, right? He's basically that magician that magician that you that you call to your like your you might call him to your son's birthday, and then you've got a friend who has a has a child, and he'd be like, Oh yeah, you're the same magician. And then like, but the next time, by the time you know it, that same magician has done six birthdays, but you've had to go to all of those birthday parties. But at each of those birthday parties, the magician has done the same trick, but it doesn't matter, it's still freaking entertaining. So I sat down going like yeah, you know, I bet you this is going to happen. I bet you that's going to happen. And it still went that same route. And I was still so entertained because I was like, you know what? Nobody can do it like him. That's the reason why, he, you know, he can recycle stuff and still do it the same way, but it just works for this story. He almost reminds me a bit of like a Michael Bay. When Michael Bay is good and he's doing his explosions and he's doing his like, you know, you know crazy jumps and stunts, all that stuff, when it's good, it's good, and only my, a Michael Bay can do it. Like if Steven Spielberg couldn't do Michael Bay, the same way how Michael Bay couldn't do a Sam Raimi. So I went in there watching it and just going, yeah, fucking love it. Fucking love it. Number one, Sam, why haven't you made more movies? Number two, make this movie, and then basically go and get that Evil Dead re- um, franchise sorted. And I'm not really interested in this new reboot, even though they are part of it. But um, we'll see how that goes. But... um. I was yeah, I was entertained. I was happy to see his hands on it, man, because he's just that guy who just speaks his own language. And in regards to the Marvel films that we've had, where they all follow a particular pattern, this one still went down that route, but it very much feels out of place with the rest of the MCU. And I've heard a lot of people saying that, oh no, it felt too out of place. And I'm going, but these are the same people that have said that the problem with Marvel is that it's always the same thing and they don't feel any different. It just feels like it's made by the same person. Mm, so you mm. need to pick, you know, you need to pick your pleasure, you need to pick your poison. But I was so happy when I saw like him bring something different. Like you said, nobody else could have done this. If, if the first Doctor Strange movie was about magic, this movie is about black magic or, you know, or the dark side of magic. And who better to choose than Sam Raimi, who, you know, who made the Evil Dead franchise with like Ash Williams and the freaking Nimmonok, Nimmonok, 
the evil the book of the the book of the dead the book of the dead that's it so yes that's that's where i stand in it it's not a flawless movie like you said but ever since one division's come out i think that the expectations for people is 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 really starting to spoil things so um so yeah that that's where i stand on it but no i mean yeah i agree and i think you know it's great that uh, Marvel is bringing in these directors. I mean, my in, in my opinion, um, you know, I think that the, the 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 kind of criticism that you see people throwing around about our oh, Marvel movies are all the same, and the directors aren't allowed to put their imprint on it is is quite lazy, and 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 I, I don't really understand where that comes from when because when you look at the movies that are directed by directors who have um, a very distinctive style, that style is all over those movies. Mm, it is, mm. you know, it, it it follows the Marvel formula for sure, but their, their style imprint is always all over those movies. So I've never understood that criticism, you know, whether you're talking about um, Iron Man 3 with Shane Black, like you, you can't yeah. tell me that's not a Shane Black movie. Yeah. And yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm not the biggest fan of, of Iron Man 3, but but that I is am. a Shane Black movie, <laughs> 100%. Like you cannot say it's not. Um, you know, the Eternals, as much as I thought the Eternals was a failure, that's a Chloe Zhao movie that hands yeah. down, like you, again, you cannot tell me that she did not have complete control of that film. She did. So like it, you know, you, you can't keep making this, like you said, you need to pick your, your, your pleasure and your poison. You can't have it both ways. You're going to have to, you know, kind of accept that Marvel do, does have a formula and a method and a way that they want to do things, but that the directors are allowed to imprint their voice. Look at, you know, um, for Ragnarok. Like that, yeah. that's a Taika Waititi film through and through. Like, mm-hmm, you know, compare mm-hmm. that to things we do in the shadows and it's it's kind of more or less exactly the same. Right? So yeah, I've never understood those arguments, but um, you know, for me, yeah, that was a huge positive for this movie was uh, getting Sam Raimi involved in it. And it helped because he just brought so much of that energy and that style to um, the, the movie. And I loved how kind of rough around the edges some of the images were because I saw a lot of people complaining. Well, not a lot, but some people complained about the, the CGI saying, oh, the CGI doesn't look good. It, it looks rushed. It looks rushed. Um, yeah. And I know that I know that there has been a problem in Hollywood with CGI in general, particularly over the last two years, because mm. what COVID has done is it has meant that a lot of um, affection it, it effectively means that like there's two, I think, big effects houses that are yeah. doing all the work in Hollywood. So yeah. obviously they're overworked because COVID has, has, has hit that, that side of the business hard. Mm. Um but also I think people are not realizing that Sam Raimi likes to have rough around the edges images yeah. with his stuff, especially when it comes to his horror movies, like whether you're talking yeah. about the evil dead movies or drag me to hell or the gift, um, you know, they always have that kind of feel about them. He doesn't like things to look too clean and too perfect. He wants yeah. it to look kind of rough and jagged and, and things like that. So, so when you see that in those movies, I think that's a very deliberate style choice by him, as opposed to, yeah. oh, they just rushed the CGI and didn't bother to to, to finish it. So, 
Mm. So yeah, to me, you know, that that is kind of the kind of part and parcel of what you get with a Sam Raimi when you hire him for a movie like this. So, you know, you can expect to see that kind of a thing. So, um, you know, I, I, I never really, or I disagreed with, with that criticism. I thought it was, I thought this movie was beautiful to look at, to be honest with you. I, I really did. Like some of the, the cinematography in it is amazing. Um, you know, in the scene where they, they're falling through different universes and stuff, brilliant that was brilliant I loved that so um you know to me I, I I didn't have that kind of criticism there really but um yeah I don't know if you wanted to add anything onto that before we no what, 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 I, what I was gonna say what I was gonna say is that in regards to the to the CGI see now once again this is the thing in regards to people giving an opinion um and not doing the research this isn't me trying to sound them on high horse but like you said Sam Raimi's style of filmmaking. Sam Raimi's a massive fan of Ray Harryhausen. So uh, he's, a massive, well, he's a massive fan of Ray Harryhausen, who was basically, I mean, if you speak to anybody in regards to CGI, he's considered the GOAT. Um, Ray Harryhausen, and, he was a ma- and he's a massive fan of Hong Kong cinema. So very much like a John, um, a John Carpenter or a James Cameron, they're very, very hands-on. And they don't care sometimes if you can see the wires. In fact, you know, Michael Bay is a bit like that as well. And even John Woo, where they're like, you know, you know, sometimes you might see through the cracks in the in the magic trick, but you know, as long as it's the majority of it's still there, they don't they don't really care. And so yeah, so I'm all for it, man. Like, you know, like 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 I said, but people that were complaining in my in, in my experience, I'm not gonna speak for anybody else or try and you know point a gun at anybody there still seems to be this discussion of a Marvel versus DC in regards to whether it be comic books, cinema or television or whatever. And so I, you know, like I said, so I think that people, the people that I spoke to that were complaining about this, but they were instantly comparing it to a Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I'm just like, I don't want to compare it to Zack Snyder's Justice League because they're two completely different movies by two completely different directors anyway. So Mm. number one, before, like I said, when it comes to certain directors, go and do your research because sometimes that's what they do. Um, James Cameron, when he was making Aliens, there's a bit towards the end when, or at the beginning when the ship, the ship that they're going to use to escape from the planet crashes. And because they ran out of budget, the back screen is like a like the image being projected. And then you've got Sigourney Weaver looking at the screen. And then in the front of the camera where they're filming, you've actually got James Cameron throwing dirt into the screen so, so there's like it's almost like there's three layers and then they film it so it looks like it's one thing the film directors have their own style and that's what i feel it is with sam raimi so he would see he will make a movie and be like it looks like the skeletons from jason and the argonauts and he'll be like that's what i wanted to look like you know oh it looks like when you throw it it just looks like you can see the speed lighting and you can kind of imagine there being wires and it's like that's what i want it to look like i want people to know where i get my inspiration from so I mean, I, I I had no issues in regards to the CGI or how we how we filmed it, but I, I thought it looked freaking amazing. So yeah, that's what I have to add to that. Cool, cool. Thank you, man. Um, yeah, so let's get into kind of uh, actors and performances and and things like that. So um, I want to say first of all, I think everybody in this was was awesome. Um, there's nobody really that I I can think of that I have any issues with. Um, I, I still see some people complaining about Doctor Strange and 
like oh he's he's too egotistical and and he he seems like you know he 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 seems like a reckless dude and and things like that and I'm like do you people even read comics man like yeah do you know who, like, who Doctor Strange is like I don't think you do because if you did you would realize none of this is out of character for for Doctor Strange they're not doing anything with Doctor Strange as a character that is that is left field from who he is in the comics mm. um so you know I I don't understand this this criticism that he's too egotistical like it it doesn't make no sense he's supposed to be that <laughs> he, he's the master <laughs> of the mystic arts like he's supposed to be an arsehole he's a, he's a guy who has like the ability to you know manipulate uh manipulate realities around you like he, he, of course that's going to make him a dickhead so you know like he he has to be that but having said that I think you know what I liked about this movie is how much Strange had to humble himself and how well Benedict Cumberbatch did that um you know basically having to to front up and say that you know he feels kind of empty that life feels empty without Christine Parker and Mm. um you know how much he had to kind of humble himself as well when he he dealt to deal with uh uh, Wanda the Scarlet Witch which we'll get to but like you know, I really loved the, the the sense of vulnerability with Strange in this movie um, because it's easy for a character like him to not come across that way and to come mm-hmm. across as as kind of almost omnipotent. Um, mm-hmm. And to me, like when he's when he's presented in that way, then you can't really relate to him. But when he's when he is, you know, egotistical, confused, scared, you know, um, making rash decisions and things like that, then it, it kind of it grounds the character more for, for me and it makes me kind of relate to him. And as said, when he kind of talks at different points in the movie about kind of the emptiness that he has in, in his life without having Christine as a part of it. And because he's kind of chosen this path to be, um, to devote himself to the mystic arts and to defending, you know, the, the realm of earth, he's, he's kind of on his own doing it. Um, and, you know, you you buy into that, and you buy into the 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 vulnerability around him, and and as I said, you you get the sense that he's a guy who you know is making mistakes. Is like as uh, Christine Palmer says to him, you know, in in the beginning, like you couldn't you couldn't put down the scalpel, you couldn't put down the knife, like you couldn't let me have a, a part of your life. It was like no, you had to always be the one who is in complete control of everything. And mm. and that kind of character flaw really, you know, makes for such a, a, an interesting dynamic for him in, in this movie and puts him on an interesting journey. So, you know, how did you feel about kind of um, Doctor Strange as, as to how we meet him at this point in the movie and, and the journey he goes on and, and sort of how he's presented as a character here? No, I, I loved it. I, I loved it. Like I said, like the, the way how you just described it, like I know you're not a fan of Iron Man 3, but there were so many beats in this movie in regards to the character of Doctor Strange that reminded me of the way how Shane Black approached Tony Stark in Iron Man 3 and Sam Raimi's done it with this one. It's like, it was almost like it was a dissection of the character and stripping away, even though there might be powers and, you know, special abilities in it, but that's that's now being put to the side and you're concentrating on what the essence of the man is. And... And funnily enough, that that whole bit where you talk about where Christine's going, like, that's the issue. Like, you weren't able to put down the scalpel. Like, you know, you always had to be in charge. And then 
two seconds later, when Doctor Strange sees the whole, like, you know, like the, the well, the Shomogoroth ripoff, you know, trying to, uh, trying to attack um, America Chavez, you look at how he even approaches that situation. Like he, he finishes his drink first, puts his drink down, takes the, you know, takes his little pocket scarf out of his, out of his pocket from his blazer and does this whole theatrical thing when he changes into the whole Doctor Strange thing. So mm. it's there. It's, it's always there. Like that whole thing that she just said that wasn't just being written for her to say to, you know, to give her some lines. There's truth in regards to what she's saying about the character of Doctor Strange. So once again, like you said, all these people that are saying that, oh, he's too egotistical. There are people that generally don't know what they're talking about. But, you know, I, I thought, I think Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch, I, even though when he was being fan cast as Doctor Strange, I was up for it. When he did get it, I was a bit like, oh, you know what? Be careful what you wish for. But so far, as it stands right now, he seems to just be, every time he makes an appearance, he's just knocking out of the park. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm so happy with his casting. His, his casting as Doctor Strange is up there with, like, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, you know, Chris Evans as Steve Rogers, Captain America. And to be honest, everybody else has been casting at MCU, man. So, yeah, that, that's how I feel for him. Like, it's, like I'm glad that he's still around because we, we've lost a couple of the originals. So he, he's going to be holding up, the, holding up the rest of the MCU on his shoulders. And, I, and I'm happy for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's doing a, a fine job, I think, to be honest with mm. you. Um, yeah, I think he's doing a fine job. So, and, and he's great to watch in this movie. He's got some good lines and, and as said, he's got some good scenes where he gets to kind of uh, um, emote a little bit more and explore the, the strange character a little bit more. Um, I like that they kind of stuck to his comic book kind of background with the, the death of his sister and stuff as well. And, and that yeah, was cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, and it gave him just something more to, to kind of chew on and, and to do. And and Benedict Cumberbatch is a great actor. So, you know, that was never really going to be a problem anyway. But um, but yeah, for me, you know, that that flowers for him. He, he's fantastic. And he does the hand movements wicked as well. I kept oh, trying man, to copy listen. the hand movements. And I can't do it, bro. Like, <laughs> I can't do it. But he's got it, but he's got it down. He's got it down. <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah, you know, Doctor Strange, the, the title character is um, brilliant. Um, let's move on to uh, what is the co-lead and arguably like the, the the star of the movie, or certainly for me, the, the star of the movie, and that's um, Wanda Maximoff, uh, the Scarlet yeah. Witch, played by Elizabeth Olsen. Um, what a performance! I mean, there there's some there's inconsistencies with the plotting of her character and we'll we'll get to that in in the negative sections or, or in the con section not because it's not really negative but um there's some inconsistencies there but the way she performs that character my god she is like i came out of that movie and i was like listen do you know what i know um dr strange is, is kind of being pushed by marvel as is, is, is kind of the 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 new linchpin of, of the universe and, and is going to be the one who who the other characters interconnect with and and um bounce off of and that's fine but seriously like whatever elizabeth olsen wants pay her the money yeah like, just yeah. give her the money now pay it for her now if it sign her to as long a contract as you can um because the way she performs in this movie is fan fantastic fantastic and and she has got like some 
some hard shit to do because there's some really like far out comic book shit in this movie that mm, you know mm. ordinary audiences are, are are gonna are gonna struggle a bit with this movie at times because it's 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 100 all in comic book whereas with like some mcu movies they they try and ground it in you know in um in different genre types so that an, an average moviegoer can go along and, and get something out of the experience even if they're not necessarily well versed in in the comic book side of things with this movie this movie is unashamedly a comic book movie but yeah, and yeah. that means that there are certain tropes in there that to a wider audience they're going to be like huh why are you doing that like but she dives into it wholeheartedly wholeheartedly and you never ever get the impression at any point that she doesn't believe a single word she's saying from the script because she does mm. believe every single word and every single line is delivered with passion and with menace where it's required and um, with a lot of empathy as well because I really went on this emotional roller coaster with her particularly with how they they kind of introduce her character first in the movie where you know, we get this flashback scene of of One Division, or or one. Well, I, I suppose it was supposed to be One Division because they included the theme music, um, and then she wakes up in the bed suddenly and she's alone. Um, yeah. that was kind of like, yeah, that's like a gut punch. <laughs> that really felt like a gut punch because of mm, mm. how well she she kind of um, emoted in that scene. But yeah, I thought she was just fantastic, man. I mean, what what did you think of uh, of her performance? I, I loved it. You know what it was? I, I like the fact that she was able to give the performance that she that she gave in WandaVision. Because once again, like I said, I think WandaVision, I think, was a turning point in the MCU in regards that we were able to now hang out with a character for X amount of time now. As opposed to like having everything squeezed into like two hours or two and a half hours, you were not able to hang out with these people or with this person or a particular character for if there's eight episodes, there's even though it's 45 minutes, just round it up an hour. So you can hang out with this person for eight hours. And so now you're able to see this person then bring it onto the big screen. And you know, and 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 like because you've kind of like spent time with this person, you don't need to really kind of like go backwards, you're only going forwards. So I thought, yeah, I thought she was, I thought she was really, really good. But in saying that as well, you look at the character of the Scarlet Witch, and when you look at all of the appearances that she's made, they've all been, in regards to um, Elizabeth Olsen, they've all been really, really solid performances as her from her as an actress. But in regards to the character, everything, I mean, I was, to be honest, I was actually shocked that the Scarlet Witch was actually going to be the villain in this movie, even though I had my... Well, I didn't know she was going to be the main villain in this movie, even though at the end of WandaVision, you kind of get, you know, when she's messing around with the Dark Hold, if you're a comic book fan, you know that nothing good comes from the Dark Hold anyway. But it was a simple fact of just like, the Scarlet Witch has been on smoke from day one. People always seem to forget. When you go and watch Endgame, there's that whole bit when, or Infinity, was it Endgame or Infinity War? The bit where they're having a the battle against um, Thanos' Thanos's people or his henchmen. And she starts using the wheels to take people out. And Okoye goes, hold on, where's she been? Why have you kept her in her back for so long? Or the bit where she comes down, <laughs> yeah, Endgame. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, or, yeah, she's like, where has she been? <laughs> like, <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> or, the, or the bit where, technically, if you think about it, outside of Captain Marvel, who's a cosmic level, you know, a cosmic level hero, 
like, like she comes to Thanos and she's just like, you killed this person. And she and he's like, I don't even know who you are. And she's like, yeah, you will. So much so that he then shits himself and, and is prepared to kill his own troops. So Wanda's done being on smoke from day one, yeah? This is just a reminder. So when you go back and you start looking at, you know, Civil War or Age of Ultron or Infinity War or Endgame or WandaVision, this is just a reminder that one that Scott, you know, you know, one Scarlet Witch as a character is is no like she's nothing to sleep on, and I'm actually quite happy that you know they did kind of make it apparent and put it out there that Elizabeth Olsen has signed up for seven more like more for seven more appearances, whether that be TV or film, I don't know. So we obviously know that she's still going to be a part of the MCU, and I'm so happy, man, because like I said, thinking about it, like you've seen her progress as an actress and you've seen her give a lot more depth to the character. Um, and, and and I think I think it's freaking amazing, especially for people that are out there going like, Marvel's too kiddie or Marvel's too jokey. No, man, go and watch these TV shows, go and watch these movies and read between the lines. And you will see that there's a lot more substance behind these characters than, you, than you're willing to give credit for. So yeah, man, I, I, I thought she was freaking wicked, bro. Freaking wicked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%, man. Like, she's definitely got to get her flowers because um, she was uh, phenomenal throughout this movie. Um, and as I said, she she kind of has to, to go through this process where she goes from, um, you know, being kind of the wonder that we kind of know for the first sort of five, ten minutes to then mm. going through a character change. Um, and just embracing it wholeheartedly as a performer and delivering on every level with that character. Um, and I love the fact that the movie and the script gives her, you know, the, the, the platform for everybody to see, like, nah, this is why you don't mess with the Scarlet Witch, yeah? Like, yeah this yeah. is why you don't do it, because if you do it, she's going to wreck your whole reality for you, mm-hmm. your whole reality. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I love that that we kind of got that. And the way that she kind of handles um, the scare scenes and things like that and the horror scenes that that uh, Sam Raimi puts her in, in in the movie and the script puts her in, it, it's just brilliant, just excellent. Like I said, it's just, it's so good, man. Like, it, it, you know, as a performer, she's just, she's hit such a level now that it's like, it, it almost comes off like it's easy and it's not, it's not easy for them, but it comes off like it's easy for her because of the, the level that she's hit now as a, as an actor. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really, really pleased that, that we got that. And um, I had it kind of spoiled for me that she was a villain. Well, to be honest, like I remember even from last year, people were going, Oh, one is going to be a villain. One is going to be a villain. So in my head, I, I, I wasn't kind of surprised by her heel turn <laughs> to use wrestling yeah. terms um yeah. and, and and I think the problem as well and I'll, we'll talk about this a bit in the cons but the trailers gave away a bit too much yeah. um because the trailers kind of hinted that she was evil as well and um yeah, yeah it, it 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 kind of spoiled it a little bit I think I know it's hard because if it's a big budget movie, you've got to get people out and, and stuff like that. So you have to have a marketing campaign. It's it's not easy at all, but I do think they went too far with this movie and even Kevin Feige intimated as much that he, he wasn't happy with it. But that's a conversation for another day because apparently that all of that has changed now um, in terms of he doesn't have control over the marketing of, of Marvel movies anymore. Apparently it's all decisions are made above his head now. So... Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a madness, yeah. but but yeah, so that's a conversation for another day. But um, 
but yeah, you know, one um, Elizabeth Olsen is is one to Maximoff Scarlet Witch was fabulous, absolutely fabulous. I thought um, some quick uh, big ups for some other characters as well because I, I wanted to give some love to um, uh, to Wong uh, Benedict Wong is is great. He's just like he very much is the moral compass of the movie for, for mm-hmm. me and he does that really well um and i'm always happy for more wong i saw somebody on twitter say you know disney give us a um a disney plus wong tv show and you know what i'm here for it man give us a wong tv yeah. show that that's yeah. that'll do me that'll do me nicely six episodes you know nice little adventure for wong to go on yeah man do it because he's he's great like benedict wong is is really charismatic he plays off of um, Benedict Cumberbatch really well as well. Um, and he's just like a, a solid kind of dependable uh, character actor and a dependable mm. character in this world now that, that always adds a, a, a good deal of weight um, and as said, a, a moral compass for, for the universe really. So um, yeah, love for him. You want to shower some love on Wong as well? Listen, look, look, listen, Wong from the first one already, like the he's a legend bro he's a legend and i totally agree with you like number one like you know um like give him his own show like you know what show us i i'm still surprised well i mean like i said when we talk about the cons about this movie uh, i'll I'll bring it up but i'm i want to know what i want to know who wong is like we we know we know who dr strange is and we may not you know and we, we know that from the first movie and what we know of wong is X and XYZ. So the way how I'm invested in this character already, and I don't really know anything about him, I, you know, I really, I'm really interested to see like, you know, what what made what who made Wong Wong, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Like what makes him tick. In you know, in regards to the TV show, the TV show doesn't even need to be set now. The TV show, I would like, and I still think this is this is a trick that Marvel's missing. Give us a TV show that takes place in between the five years of when the snap happens. Show Wong then. Show Wong as, as what's it called, as the Sorcerer Supreme and what he had to go through in regards to like not having Stephen Strange or anybody else help him or training new people. Like, give us some backstory in regards to like the reason why Wong is able to be like, okay, cool, you are good at your job, but just because you're back doesn't mean you can come back and take it. You don't know this yet. I've had to go through. Like, mm-hmm. make, you know, you know, give give us that. Like, Benedict Wong is such a good actor, man. Such such a good actor. And you know what? Let's just put it out there as well. He's got some goddamn swag, man. He's got he's, he's, he's got some swag, bro. So I mean, like him. Are we are we talking about other characters we're giving love to, or we're we just talking about one? Because you we can, can do, talk yeah, about, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? Um, I'm sorry, I, I've forgotten her name. Um, but the lady who plays um America Chavez. Yes, Const- I wanted to give some love to her. Her name is Sochi Gomez. Yeah. Okay, because okay, because I was able to pronounce pronounce her first name. Considering that she's not really pushed in a lot of the marketing. And I do know the character of of of, of um, America Chavez. I did I actually did come at, collect a comic book. I was it was actually quite a good run. But considering that there was no form of like promotional marketing in regards to the actress or the character she was playing, I felt that she really really held it down. She did so so well, and I can't wait to see her, to see more of her. And then on top of that, you know what? This character we saw a bit of, and I've said it from the first movie, I still want to see a lot more of it. And I've actually got a pitch for this character towards the end of the show. Um, give us more levitate, levitate, cape of levitation. Mm. Give us more cape. Like, that cape of levitation is a character in itself, and they are missing a trick. 
<laughs> this is basically the character or the magic carpet from Aladdin. Just give us that, bro. <laughs> like, it, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and the reason why I'm saying that is because already you know that there's certain scenes where the cape has a scene. There's a bit where the cape gets injured and you're just like, oh, okay, cool. If the cape's injured, how is he going to fly? But you just don't think, how is he going to fly? You're now going, but you know, there's a, there's a there's a relationship between him and his cape that like you know like they say in the first one this weapon or this thing will choose you it's almost like it's sentient so yeah so let's give up a big big up benedict wong as wong big up america chavez and definitely big up cape bro, for cape levitation if you want to say his full name hmm, hmm. no doubt well I f- yeah i think it's the cloak of levitation isn't it oh that's it cloak not cape look cloak of levitation yeah sorry my bad no no, no that's cool um, but yeah, no, 100% co-sign on all of that. Um, yeah, for Sochi Gomez, I, f- I think she's like really good, really, really good. Um, and what I thought was so impressive is that a character like that could come across as very annoying in, yeah. in the wrong circumstances and with the yeah. wrong actor. But she does such a good job with it that that like you you can't help but like just really pull for her the moment she's on the screen. So you know, it was fantastic to to kind of see how well she she did with that character, and I really really enjoyed her work. So yeah, looking forward to definitely seeing more of um, of America Chavez going forward in the MCU. And yes, bring on the um, uh, Cloak of Levitation uh, Disney Plus show as well. <laughs> bring it on. Man. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, specific scenes. So again, kind of going into spoiler territory here. So again, if you're listening and you haven't seen the movie, why are you even listening at this point? I don't understand. But yeah, we're going to talk about specific scenes and things like that going in from here. Um, so yeah, spoiler alerts. But um, Rich, I think we probably should address the elephant in the room first. Uh, the we get the first appearance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe of the Illuminati. Um, yeah. So this it was long kind of rumored that you know the Illuminati would make an appearance in this movie and. Um, you know, you had leakers suggesting there'd be various different types of, of, of characters making up the, the roster of the Illuminati. But for the benefit of people who don't really read the comics, could you just explain kind of what the Illuminati are in terms of the, you know, their background and what they actually do in the comic books? OK, yeah. so basically the Illuminati, much like the name of the actual, well, I'm not going to say the actual Illuminati. Next thing you know, I'm going to say that and I'll go missing. Of like <laughs> of the alleged, you know, secret society, the Illuminati, um, in the MCU, they are basically what you could consider to be the head or the the spokespeople for particular factions. So, for example, you've got a member. So, you know, you've got somebody like Professor X, who is the the spokesman for mutants, uh, or you've got like the you know the king of uh, the Inhumans, Black Bolt, or you've got the king of Wakanda, T'Challa. And basically, after quite a few crazy battles had happened, I think after the Battle of the Kree Skrull War, which is, I think, the first big battles, big like cosmic battle crossover in MCU, which happened during the 70s, it was kind of retconned in the 2000s by, I think, by Brian Michael Bendis, where what happened is that after that battle was, has actually been, you know, been dealt with all of these guys just come together and are just like you know what 
this this is something that we could have we could have that we could have been dealt with you know you know earlier. In fact, I think it's actually Tony Stark's idea to come up with the Illuminati, um, and basically the idea is that we're all at the for, at the forefront of you know specific groups of people. So you know you're the head of the mutants, you're the head of the Inhumans. I'm you know the for, the front and foremost of technology. Reed Richards, you're you know science science wise, no one can touch you. Uh, Namor, you're the king of Atlantis. And we're all on the same planet. So technically, if we all pull together and, you know, and put our brains together, something like this shouldn't be able to creep up on us where there's X amount of casualties and we can all look after ourselves. Uh, the only thing being is that, you know, uh, when they actually do have the initial meeting in regards to setting this, this secret society up, one of the members that they try to get to join them is T'Challa. Um, the, obviously, T'Challa is the, the king of Wakanda. And he turns around and basically goes, well, the issue in regards to this is that everything seems to be right until it's wrong. And the wrong thing in regards to this is that you are making yourselves the spokespersons for the people that you look after or the people that you are a part of. And, um, and he says that in the long run, it will work. But eventually, sorry, sorry, in the short run, it will work. But in the long run, it never, ever works because that basically means that you have to start holding secrets, again, okay, secrets away from people that you love. And, um, and T'Challa, being the wise man that he is, um, ends up being right, even though he ends up joining the Illuminati anyway. This is in the comics. Um, but that's basically what it is, 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 is the, what you would be considered to be the main people for each, let's say, like a science division, uh, a, you know, a mutant division, uh, a, a technological division uh, so you know and they just come together and they've got like a secret cabal and they just make decisions for the world as a whole so yeah that's that's the illuminati in a nutshell mm -hmm. so yeah well i mean when we got this uh confirmation that the illuminati were going to be in this movie i was like what the hell like because i think it was one of the trailers that the leading up to it or or maybe a tv spot i don't even think it was a trailer i think it was a tv spot that confirmed that the illuminati was going to be in the movie and i was like oh my lord like we're getting the illuminati in this movie like, are you mad mm. um because <laughs> that's just like deep cuts because i said this movie don't care like by now like if you're not on board the the, the train that this is comic book shit then <laughs> Lord help you, because yeah, they, they, this movie does not care and is not going to stop to explain anything to you. Um, but yeah, you know, we we got the confirmation that the Illuminati were in it, and the scene where they're kind of presented and and stuff like that. I really, I really kind of liked, and I was like, oh my god, yeah, it's Illuminati on the screen, and we got confirmations of things that we heard rumors about for a while, like John Krasinski playing Reed Richards and um, uh, Hayley Atwell playing Captain Carter. And, and of course the big reveal of um, Patrick Stewart or Sir Patrick Stewart as Professor Xavier and, and, yeah. and not even that, but Professor Xavier from X-Men, the animated series. And it was like, yeah. what the frig? Like <laughs> <laughs> you guys, when I heard that, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. no. Because <laughs> like, I knew obviously that, again, the, thanks Marvel for spoiling everything beforehand. We knew he was, it, it was, Professor Xavier, we knew it was, you know, um, someone in the yellow hover chair, but yeah, still, it just was like, yeah, that was, that was amazing. That was absolutely amazing. Um, did that make the geek in you kind of scream when you saw that? 
You know what it did, and I'll tell you the reason why. And once again, like I said, since one division has come out, I've stopped going into that, that whole spoiler territory or like rumor territory type of thing. So I watched the trailer. I think I watched maybe the first two trailers of Doctor Strange. And then after that, I left it and that was it. So I knew about the whole Patrick Stewart thing. But then I always like to go the opposite. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not anybody that's listened to us, like I'll listen to a rumor and then I'll be like, you know what? If the rumor's true, that's good. But what would I do on the flip side and opposite, just in case the rumor isn't true, to try and really, really shock somebody? So I actually went in there thinking to myself, to have Patrick Stewart and to have the Illuminati in there would be good. But if I know it's going to happen, am I still going to be shocked? Ultimately, I was either way. But I went in there going that the, the whole Illuminati was going to be a council of Dr. Strangers. And so because I had that in my mind, when I did see Patrick Stewart, even though I knew that it was rumoured, it still was, I wasn't let down. I was just like, okay, cool. So they did fucking do it and they did do it well. Um, so yeah, man, seeing, seeing all of them or, see, or seeing those iterations of those characters, I was stoked, man. I'm not going to lie to you. When Patrick Stewart, because obviously they stayed until last, when he rolled in and like you said, when I heard that X-Men music playing, my boy that was sitting next to me, I literally grabbed his arm. And I was just like, oh, shit. (laughs) Like, like, I was basically just like, wow, they did it. The same thing, like, with one division, um, not one division, with Loki. When they Mm. brought Kang into the last episode, Mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily that I was shocked because I I had a a feeling that they might do it. But thinking that someone's going to do it and then thinking that someone has the balls to do it and then seeing that someone actually had the balls to do it are two different things. So, like I said, even though there was a room of Patrick Stewart and he was at the premiere and stuff like that, when I did see him in it, I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, you know, fair play to you, man, because I thought you might boil it last minute. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I was, I was super impressed. With, 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 like, not super impressed, but I was happy. It, it appealed to the geek in me seeing the Lumi- a form of the Illuminati up on the, on the big screen. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It was a cheap pop and, and they yeah, got exactly yeah. that. <laughs> like, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. <laughs> they, they got exactly what they strove for because, um, yeah, it was it, it was a, a crowd pleaser, um, you know, fan service, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, but that's exactly what, what we signed up for. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I was just, like, kind of super surprised at the lineup as well. In particular, like, we got Black Bolt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. like... I did not expect that at all. I was like, I, I was not thinking we were going to get Black Bolt. I know some people were kind of theorizing, oh, we might get Black Bolt in this one um, as a member of the Illuminati. And I was like, nah, man, like Marvel don't want nothing to do with that Inhumans TV show. Like, mm, they they mm, want mm. nothing to do with it. And lo and behold, there he is <laughs> in a comic book accurate Black Bolt suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like Anson Mount. I was like, geez, okay. <laughs> but they've really pulled out all the stops this time. Um, so yeah, so seeing him there, um, and then Lashana Lynch as, as Captain Marvel, and I was like, yeah. it, it seems so obvious, and yet I never thought of it. I was surprised, and I was like, why did yeah. I not think of this? Like, it seemed, of course, she would be there because you know, it, if if it's not going to be Carol Danvers, then it would have been yeah. you know her, her her best friend. So, like, yeah, to, to, I don't know why that that kind of surprised me but like I was like oh yeah like shit <laughs> of course you would be Captain Marvel in an alternative universe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um so yeah that was um pretty cool to to see as well uh and then obviously we got the alternative um Baron Mordo as well um yeah. w- which was cool um I always liked Chiwetel Ejiofor so 
like for me you know bring him more into my tv screens and, and movie screens when you can um i know that he that there was apparently some well no it was confirmed this week actually that there was a, a scene that they shot uh that was cut from the movie which featured his his um earth 616 iteration um oh, okay. appeared at the beginning of the movie uh, and then Wanda kills him, but they decided oh, to cut it because they were like, it, it kind of, there's no surprise then that, that uh, yeah. Wanda's heel turn if if you're killing and having her killing people at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, that's the thing I wanted to 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 ask you about as well. How do you how do you stand with the the description of the MCU as Earth six one six? Because that's something that's got the fanboys raging. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but yeah yeah okay so so like so so why okay number one why are people raging that what because they what well, yeah why are they raging if, if, in regards well to i think they're they're kind of for the fanboys they're they're pissed because they're saying like how comes you're you're now just trying to tie um everything that's canon basically what what their logic is if you're calling the MCU, Earth 616, then everything yeah. that's in the MCU should be canon to the comics and therefore everything that happens in the comics in Earth 616 should be canon to the MCU. So yeah, that's what yeah. they're, they're basically saying is, um, and they're saying that there isn't enough evidence that that has happened um, for them to to say that the two universes are are linked in, in that yeah. way. So that's why they're, they're kind of pissed really. But yeah. um yeah, like what, what did you think of that when you heard it? I mean, I, I heard it and I was just like, you know what? Just I mean, number one, has it been 100 percent confirmed outside of the movies that the MCU is 616? Because what's his name causes 616? Um Mysterio caused the uh, uh, you know the MCU 616 in Spider-Man Far From Home. And he was lying, yeah, or well, as far as we know, he was lying. So there was obviously something right about it anyway. So we know that people that there's a possibility that people could be wrong in regards to what whatever they're calling, you know. So there's there's that. Um, number two, in regards to the comic book and the MCU, I mean, if anybody who's a fan of the comic books or the MCU or both, you can kind of see that they're kind of streamlining. They've been streamlining towards the same thing for the past few years, anyway. Yeah. And that's going to come into my, and I mean, like, to be fair, like, if you, if you want to talk about like where you think the MCU is heading in the future, they're, they're obviously going to do some form of um, incur, incursion in, in what's it, what's it, what's, it, what's it called again? Um, incursions. Yeah, yeah, it's incursions. They're obviously going to do their version of Secret Wars. And I reckon what will happen in the next 10 years is that they're going to streamline everything. That's, mm. that's, that's, that's what I've seen happening. So anything that happens in the comic books, they're going to streamline it with basically what's happening in, um, on TV. And the reason why I'm saying that as well is because it's been happening since from day one, from the time when they got rid of old Nick Fury and they brought in new Nick Fury to, you know, in, in the comic books, you know, there's that. And they've already been doing it with Star Wars anyway. They've got rid of Star Wars. Let they've well, whatever I was happened. Say Star Wars, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. They, you know, so anything that happens in Star Wars comic books right now is now running in concurrent canon with what you see on the screen. So, to be fair, like this is this is probably just good. Um, there'll probably be some form of thing. We're just like, well, we thought this was a six one six, but it's not the six one six. It's a six one six B. 
you could call it that. And then let's say in the next 10 years, 616A and B will converge and just be one known as a 616. And there'll be a fallout from 813 or 838 and XYZ and blah, 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 blah. Because we already know that, once again, anybody's out there that who reads comic books, if you go and read the original, original Into the Spider-Verse or Enter the Spider-Verse um, miniseries, which came out, I think was like 2016, they talk about any form of iteration of Spider-Man you've ever seen is canon in regards to the MCU, or is, is canon in regards to the MCU and Marvel Comics, because they already talk about a Tobey Maguire, they already talk about a Tom Holland, and they already talk about an Andrew Garfield. So we know that everything's linked anyway. So at some point, they're just going to streamline everything. So in regards to people, you know, throwing their dummies out the pram, I personally feel it's just because it's not how they want to hear it once again. That's a that's a, you know that's a fanboy for you, but um, it didn't mm. bother me in the slightest, man. Not not even. Well, there you heard it. You heard it there, listeners, from a certified fanboy right here in Rich Kid. <laughs> so yeah, like I don't, I don't know why people were getting so jazzed and animated about that, but there you go. That's um that's uh, fanboys for you, and that's fanboy life. So it is what it is. Um. Yeah, uh, favorite scenes. What what were some of the kind of like the standout scenes for for you? The the scenes that you enjoyed. Like, there's one action scene in particular that I loved, and there's one like horror scene that I loved. But um, for you, what were what were kind of like the scenes that you really kind of um, carried some punch for for you for this movie? Okay, cool. Let's let, let's flip up a little bit. Um, you guess for me, and I guess for you. Can I guess that your favorite action scene? Yeah, and then you guess my favorite action scene, or you can guess my favorite horror scene. It, it doesn't matter. But okay. your favorite action scene, fight with the musical notes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I love that scene. I love, yeah. love, love that scene. And there was another one as well that I, I, I love too, but I'll I'll come back to that. But okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you can pick my um you can pick my favorite horror scene. Oh, it would be the same as mine because there, there was some really good ones in there. Um, oh, that's a good I've got one. Two. I've, I've, got, I've got two. There's got two the one I think you would have enjoyed because you're a Raimi fan. I think yeah. you would have enjoyed the scene that comes after um, after Wonder takes out the Illuminati. There's that chase scene in the corridors yeah, where yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. typical Sam Raimi. It's POV yeah. shots. It, yeah, like you can hear her voice getting thrown around the room in, in uh, yeah. through different speakers and stuff like that. And yeah. then there's the jump scare where she just comes out right behind America yeah. Chavez. Yeah. At that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was wicked. I was like, yeah, that was dope. I thought, yeah, that that's a scene which you like because that's just yeah. pure Sam Raimi, one hundred percent undiluted Sam Raimi right there. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, that would that I I figured that that would be a cool one. And do you know what other one I liked as well? You know when they um when Wanda attacks uh, Kamotage and, yeah, yeah. Um, and they trap her in the mirror dimension, but then she starts Ooh. using reflections to, to use yeah. her powers. And yeah, there's the yeah, bit where yeah. she comes out of like, I think it's one of the giant like, symbols that they hit. Yeah, yeah, like the gong. Yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah. she came out of that thing like uh, Sadako from Samara, The Ring. Sada- Samara, Sadako, whatever you yeah. want to call her. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, listen, <laughs> like, she's wild. <laughs> This yeah, shit is yeah, wild. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
that, was, that, bad. that, that was, bad. was badass. That was badass. But um, the musical battle between Strange and Sinister Strange, wicked. Like I loved that because I, I just thought it was so clever. Like it's just mm. such a, a a clever idea to to do to you know the one of the things that the MCU is quite good at is usually quite good at inventive action scenes where you, you where they use the characters use their surroundings in quite inventive ways almost like yeah. the way Jackie Chan does in his kind of action movies they they always use their surroundings in a way to to um to to hype up the action and to help tell the story yeah. and um to yeah to see two wizards battling using like musical notes basically and having like musical blasts at each other and stuff like that was just that was dope <laughs> like mm-hmm. that was really really dope so I really enjoyed that. And I just thought it was well filmed as well, well choreographed, really good, man. Really, really yeah. good. But um, yeah, yeah. Like, give me so your your favorites, like break down some of the, the, the favorites, man. Well, I'll t- well, I'll tell you what it, I tell you for me, it was the whole thing. Like, in regards to the musical notes scene, I do love that scene. But then once again, this is the same thing in regards to you looking at Sam Raimi and you're looking at people that he gained inspiration from. Because to me, that scene, even though it was original. It wasn't an original because it just reminds me of Kung Fu Hustle when you've got the two blind um, people who played instruments. So it was not that it hasn't been done before. It was nice that it was done in the MCU in the Sam Raimi way. So that's what I loved about it. Um, and like I said, like, you know, Raimi, whenever he makes his movies, there's always some form of homage to something that is clearly inspired him in regards to wanting to make film in the first place. So I love that scene. Um, you know what, actually, I like. The action scene I like is what's it called? Um, it's um the beginning when they fight against the show go- the the Shumer Godoth um ripoff. It's just oh, against Gargantos when when yeah, yeah, Gargantos. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, strange and, and Wong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like the whole thing of like, it. I like it because it's a nice introduction to the characters, and even and it reminds me a bit of um Avengers: Age of Ultron. And even though people shit on Avengers: Age of Ultron, I still think that movie does a lot of things right. But that opening scene, when they're going into battle, and it's just that whole back and forth where they're talking over the comms and doing everything, and you're just like, yeah, this is all right. Like, you don't need to introduce us to these characters again. We know what it is. So you can literally just throw us straight into the middle of a battle, and we're going to be good. And I like that thing where it's like at the beginning where you've got Strange kind of coming down, and there's no, there's no sense of novice, of him being a, of, of him being a novice anymore. Like he can't see something and he's just like, what's going on here? Does little the hand movements, you know, does the whole parting thing. Then he's able to see the monster. Then he's fighting against the monster. And then one comes and they're fighting. And there's the whole back and forth thing. And I like that. You know, like I'm, I'm a sucker for, for, you know, for a two punch, you know, kind of scene between two characters. I, I love Abbott and Costello. I love, you know, bloody you know, whoever, you know, whoever else you can think of. I, I love the two characters that go back and forth while they're in the middle of a scene where it's just like, you really shouldn't be having this type of conversation, but because you are, it makes it more fun. So that was my favorite. I think that was probably one of my favorite action scenes. But my other horror scene that I liked, once again, is because it is such a Raimi scene and I actually called it out, is the bit where they bury um, Defender Strange at the beginning. And I mm. turned to my friend and I went, I guarantee you, when he comes back to life, it's going to be like Ashford coming back to dead from from Army of Darkness. So when the hand comes up, he mm. literally looked at me. Yeah, he looked at me and he just went, 
well done, bruv. And I went, you don't need to tell me. <laughs> yeah. So that bit when he's coming up and the whole thing where it's like, the whole physicality of it, where he's, you know, mm. where he's trying to control the souls. Once again, it reminds me of the whole thing of Sam Raimi, what he did of Ash, um, with Bruce Campbell playing Ash. And um, I remember seeing a, an interview with um, Jake Gyllenhaal when he was being asked, when there was a rumour that he was going to play Ash in a reboot of the Evil Dead series. And he basically said that for one of his um, exams that he had to take when he was studying to be an actor, uh, I think there's like, you have, there might be an exam where you have to do a, like a monologue or an exam where you have to do this, whatever. But there's like a physical exam where you have to do. And his um, scene that he chose was to, um, when Ash, or played by Bruce Campbell, becomes... Not, not becomes infected, but when he has a bit of a meltdown in the house in Evil Dead 2, and it's him arguing against the whole house, and his hand goes crazy, and his hand starts beating him up, and his hand starts making him do front flips. And, um, and, and I like that fact of, like, that's, you know, Sam Raimi's able to get that performance out of his actors. And this then takes me to my next scene, because, funnily enough, that scene that I'm talking about, is actually replayed again in Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness when you see the guy who sells the, um, the pizza pops to America Chavez. Mm. And when Doctor Strange says, you know, beat yourself up, that's basically the scene from Evil Dead when Ash's hand is beating himself up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah so, so, yeah, so that bit when, when, when Defender Strange comes back to life, I love all of that, you know. You know and there's, there's a genuine scare from that scene where, you know, Christine goes to go and help you know, defend, um, you know, Doctor Strange and, the, you know, the souls start to come out from his eyes and, and I generally jumped. I was like, raw, you know what? This guy is good at what he does, man. So those, mm. those are probably some of my favourite scenes off the top of my head. There's a lot more, but those ones definitely, definitely stand out for me. Wicked, wicked. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right, let's, because um, time is whizzing by and Picking I didn't even yeah. realise. So um, let's uh, move on to our constant uh because we've still got to get to the audience questions and stuff as well, okay, and where yeah. we think the story's going. Um, but, well, you kind of started to touch on it anyway, and we're both in the same thing, so that probably won't take long anyway. But, um, <laughs> yeah, in terms of uh, cons, for me, I um, just a couple of things, really, that I felt um, didn't quite work for me. Um, some of the, 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 the characterization of the Scarlet Witch in this movie... I didn't have uh, a problem at all with her being a villain. I know some people did. Um, I didn't. But I felt that what the problem was, was that they didn't quite do enough to explain how a good person could fall into this, uh, fall under the the spell of of the Darkhold. Yeah. Um, and I felt they didn't really explain what the the dark hold is and why it's such a um, a problem. And and they they kind of did eventually in the movie as as we yeah. got towards the end. But by then, you know, Wanda's already murked a whole bunch of people in the movie. So mm-hmm. so people, mm-hmm. you know, I I saw in my show in some person who was sitting next to me was was audibly confused as to why her character was doing all of this and was going. But hold on, like. Wasn't she grieving for her husband like not so long ago? Like what what's happened? Um, so I felt like it, it kind of was a little bit inconsistent there. Um, and, yeah. and whilst it didn't take me out of the movie or bother me that much about the movie, I, I, I can certainly understand why some people felt like it wasn't, you know, the 
there, there wasn't the connective tissue there between where she was at one division to where she ends up in uh, uh, Multiverse of Madness. But what, what did you think about that? I mean, did you think that that, that was a, a, an issue as well, or were you not that bothered? I, I, I tell you, I tell you, the reason why I wasn't bothered is because at the end of one division, and this is the thing: at the end of one division, everybody for some reason just had this idea of like, oh yeah, Wonder's better now. She, she, she you know, she, she, she's done her thing. But I remember like, you know, w- watching one division, and then you know they they start to give like the background story of like each episode is 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 a stage of grief and come to terms with certain things, and I think. For me, by the time of One Division, when you see her in the cabin messing around with the Darkhold, I just turned on and just went, "Okay, cool." As a comic book fan, I know that nothing, nothing ever comes, nothing good ever comes from using the Darkhold anyway. And so I looked at Wonder and I was just like, "This whole show has been about you, you know, come to terms with X, Y, Z, but it hasn't worked." And so by the time we get to One Division and she is evil even though it was a shock that she was the main villain, I wasn't shocked to see that happen because I was like, yeah, but you didn't, the last time I saw you, you were messing with something bad anyway. So, you know, what, but like you said, it's in regards to the connective tissue of, of like, at least showing us how she got there, if you get my meaning. Mm-hmm. And I think, like I've said before, in regards, I think one of the things that the MCU is missing, we're missing the one shots. They need to bring back one shots. Mm-hmm. That's what they need to do. Because a nice little one shot to show basically her maybe dream weaving or doing something here or doing something there, like just as little, like in a five little mini, you know, like little mini movie would have been enough for people to be like, okay, cool. That makes sense. But like you said, if you don't know about the power of the dark hold, and if you didn't clock on at the end of one division that technically she didn't really come to terms with what she wanted to do because, you know, she was looking at other universes and using something bad to do it as well. By the time, if you missed all of that and you get to, you know, to um, to Multiverse of Madness and you see her, you know, you know, going on Millie, then it is going to be confusing. So I agree with some how some people can feel a bit like, well, I don't think it was done well, but some of the clues were there. But the, but the, you know, but Kevin Feige in the MCU definitely could have made it a bit easier, you know, to to digest by the time you get to the film starting. So yeah, but I I mean, there's no wrong or right answer to it. But um, but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. I I think that the one shot the, the suggestion is um a really good idea. That would have been like really helpful, I think, for some people because it, it said there's some people who watch these movies who don't watch the Disney plus shows, like they just don't yeah. watch them at all. They, they yeah. only go to see the films when the films come out and that's it. So if, you know, which is another slight con I had with this movie, like I felt that this movie was very much, um, very much kind of, if you're not on board the train, like too bad, basically. Yeah. They, they ain't yeah. got time for you. Um, which again, it wasn't a, a massive problem for me personally, because I, Number one, I'm all about this shit, so I'm, I'm absorbed in it all the time. So it wouldn't like cause any issues for me. But I can understand why somebody who it isn't about it all the time um, and just wants to go and watch the movies and enjoy the movies would be very confused by this film because there's so many things that happen that just aren't, you know, there's no real explanation given as to to, to why they're happening or um, or certainly not explained in 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 as much of a meaningful way as, as could be done. Um, 
so yeah, the thing with with Wanda, you know, that like a one shot would have solved that problem easy because you could have just yeah. showed her, you know, experimenting, like you said, carrying out trying different spells and things like that. Um, you know, and and even I think because some people also had a problem with the fact that she was quite comfortable with killing America Chavez um, in order to to get to her kids. Yeah. And I, I saw that some people were saying, you know, what they should have done instead is, is that, um, you know, they, they should have said it so that the Darkhold has convinced her that her kids have been kidnapped and that yeah. the only way to get her kids back is to get America Chavez so that she can get the kids back and then do it that way so that she's not so carefree about, like, kind of killing um, uh, uh, killing an innocent child in order to get her children because then it just seems like too much of a contradiction um again i didn't have a problem with it because of prior knowledge and because of um you know what i understood the dark hole to be and how it works and what it does Hmm. but if you're not explaining that to your audience then it's easy for them to look at it and go but that's you know that seems inconsistent why why would she do that and and things like that so you know it it wasn't a major problem for me but I I get it I get the reason why people you know feel that that way about it really um I felt that the plotting was kind of a bit all over the place at times uh, particularly during the middle part of the movie um Mm. it's partly deliberate because it obviously they're, they're topping through different you know, universes at this point and, and meeting different variants and things like that. But it yeah. did kind of lose a bit of steam in, in the middle um, for me in terms of like the plot and, and things like that. Again, it wasn't a massive problem. I, I, I didn't see it as a massive negative that took me out of the movie. It was just kind of something that that, that I sort of observed uh, while I was watching it really. Um, and yeah, I think apart from that, it was maybe like some of the dialogue was a bit kind of science fiction-y. And, and again, like if you're not used to that and you're just somebody who's used to watching Marvel movies and turning up to watch Marvel movies, this is a very, very different. Because even the first Doctor Strange is, is as much as it's about magic, it's it's not quite as magic-y, <laughs> I guess yeah, yeah, is the yeah, word yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah, say. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. You know, it, it tries to still ground itself in reality somewhat by mm. explaining, you know, magic as kind of like interdimensional energy and tapping into interdimensional energy and things like that. And there is uh, kind of real another life... Another form of science. Yeah, 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 there is real life science around that that kind of thing. Whereas this movie is like, nah, sod all that. This is magic. Like, we're, de- yeah. we're talking magic here. We're talking demons here. We're talking possession here. Like, we're talking witches and warlocks and wizards and, and all kinds of things um so as a result of that you know the dialogue it kind of has that tone in in some places so you know I felt it, it yeah well it, it was a bit unrealistic in, in some places for me but but those were really kind of the only sort of major complaints that I had to be honest to coming out of the movie um for you what what were kind of some of the things that were kind of like well, not bad, I guess, because it seems like we both like the movie, but just things that you kind of like, yeah. Um, I, I mean, the, the complaint that I've got is that it kind of falls into what I want and what I expected based off of the last Doctor Strange movie. And obviously from the title of this movie, I was expecting to see a bit more multiverse. Yes. That's what, that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, you know, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah, point, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, was expect, hmm. I was expecting to see a bit more multiverse. 
I mean, to be honest, I think to be fair, I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that anybody that was expecting a bit more multiverse, like I said, in an, inside this next 10 years, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of the multiverse being spread out through the MCU in general, especially considering if they're going to go down the route of like merging all these uni- different universes into one anyway. So I can kind of see maybe why they didn't want to give too much. But at the same time, if you're going to call it the multiverse of madness, then like give us more than... You know, like make the universes seem distinctly different. You know, what I mean, don't get me wrong; they were all different. Like the one where he goes towards at the end, and you can see that was one that's been kind of been wrecked by the convergence. Then you've got Earth eight three eight with the Illuminati, but make them distinctly different ways. Like they, I mean, when I say distinctly different, make them as different as Tatooine is to the Ice Planet Hoth. You know, like so when you see it straight away, you're just like, okay, cool. This really is different, and give us a bit more. So I was I was expecting to see that. Um, so I, that, I felt that was a bit of a con for me. Um, another con was seeing Baron Mordo in this 838, but not really continuing the story, which I always thought was going to be a good, which I thought would have been a good story or how they, what they alluded to at the end of Doctor Strange 1, mm. where you've got a Baron Mordo going around killing other people who, are, who he feels is, are using magic, in, you know, or dark magic when they shouldn't be so i you know so i i wanted to see a bit more baron mordo to, to be honest so once again like i said this is more of a want uh personal want in the as opposed to what um you know that what that film gave so there was that and um and what was the other one there was a there was another one as well it, oh yeah it was so it was a bit of a tie in regards to i wanted to see it's to tie back into the multiverse I wanted to see some of the universes that Doctor Strange looked at when he was looking to see how they were going to defeat Thanos. I generally thought that was something that, that they would have shown or at least shown some of them because it's a freaking no-brainer, man. Mm. Like who, 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 like who wouldn't want to see that? So once again, in regards to everything that I want, that I felt were cons is stuff that I felt that they were going to get us or should have given us or that I would have wanted to see. In regards to pacing, um, I didn't have an issue with the middle of the film. Towards the end it started to go a bit of just like, okay, you can kind of end this now. Um, by the time when it's a bit, the whole thing, when it's like um, zombie defender strange and, and Wong fighting against Scarlet Witch and America Chavez is about to be sacrificed. It did kind of like, I felt that sequence kind of dragged out a bit. Mm. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so to be honest, those, those are the only cons that I had in, in regards to, to the movie itself that, that I could think of off the top of my head. Cool. Cool, cool. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks, bro. All right. Um, lastly, I guess we'll talk a little bit about um, where we think the movie is going. We've got a post credit scene uh, that revealed to us uh, Clea, um, played by Charlize Theron. Uh, I was kind of like, raw. They, they actually brought Clea into this. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Okay. Like, like for me, that was the big kind of reveal that surprised me was was, was seeing mm. clear at the end um yeah. but yeah she she basically rocks up and is like yeah your actions have caused an incursion uh you're gonna help me fix it and then cuts like the um uh, cuts open basically our reality uh, and, and opens a portal to the dark dimension or what looks like the dark dimension and and her and Stephen head off in there um but yeah, I mean, you touched on it earlier. It, it, it pretty much screams like we're, we're getting a Secret Wars movie or something in, in, yeah. in this uh, 
as, as the big lead up story that that we'll get uh going forward i mean you 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 kind of broke it down earlier anyway but um yeah i mean pretty much everything that that they're doing seems to suggest that that we're heading to some form of secret wars um based on you know what we've seen in loki and in spider-man nowhere home and now in this movie as well it, it just seems like you know that's where the story's going and i'm all here for it so um yeah that's mm. all good with me but um yeah i, I mean for you uh, clear's appearance at the end was that a good look listen to be honest clear's appearance surprised me more than illuminati mm, mm, mm. yeah because because like i said Obviously, like I said, you know, I had my ideas of, of, of what they could do with the Illuminati, but we knew that the Illuminati were coming into the film at some point, regardless. So, I mean, it was, it was just a matter of like who, who the members were going to be. So I wasn't, I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised, even though, even though I was like, like I said, surprised that or Patrick Stewart, it was more as a thing of just like, oh, wow, you did do it. But clear, yeah, I didn't see clear for dust. So literally, she appeared. And I remember the cinema just getting, I remember people just going like, who's that? And I remember just going, oh my fucking God, clear. Are you kidding me? And I literally just, I, like, I literally sat there with my mouth open because it's clear. And then, you know, my eyes were popped out of my head because like it's some cartoon character because I'm just like, Charlie Theron. And I'm just like, all right, you guys are really looking to set the next 10 years up for real, for real. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I was, su- I was super happy when I saw her, man. Like, you know, like if I'm not the biggest of Doctor Strange fans, but I know, I've read enough Doctor Strange to know who Clear is, and I'm just like, yeah, like well done, man, well done, mm. and especially well done for keeping that under wraps. Yes, because it could, yeah. yeah, yeah, keeping it under wraps, yeah, yeah, for sure, because there there was no leaks about that. I mean, people said <laughs> no, there were leaks that said that Clear was in the post credit scenes, but nobody, I, from what I saw, was saying it was Charlie's Ferret. So, oh, okay, okay, um, okay, okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah, they did a, a, a sterling job to, to keep that secret. So um, yeah, that's a good look. All right, well, let's uh, quickly wrap up then with uh, a couple of uh, audience questions and different uh, comments. So we asked you to give us some of your questions and comments. So thank you so much for that. Um, I've got one here for you, Rich. It is from, uh, it comes from Jordan Casco on Instagram. Okay. Uh, and they asked, uh, why didn't they use the Loki Spider-Man multiverse model of different actors playing the characters, i.e. three different actors as three alternative Spider-Men, different actors as an alligator, as an example, an alligator playing a distinct Loki, etc. So, um, yeah, I mean, that that is a, an interesting question because, as said, we've seen in in some multiversal stories in, in Loki and in Spider-Man No Way Home, we've seen mm. the character there, but portrayed by a different actor. But in this movie, they didn't do that. They kind of basically stuck with the same cast, um, but, you know, played, but then played different versions of, or, or um, different, yeah, different versions of themselves, I, I guess. Yeah. So, um yeah, what, what's your thinking behind, behind that and why they chose to, to do that and not bring in, say, other actors? Uh, you know what, I think, well, in regards to what well, I, I reckon is, is due to the story that was, due to the story that was written for, say, Loki or for Spider-Man. The, mm. the, the, it's already there, it's already set up in regards to that. So I think to kind of go against the grain would have made no sense. Whereas like, 
the rules hadn't been established yet for Doctor Strange. What I personally feel is that the Illuminati that you get or that we saw in Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, they're not... Some of them will be, but I don't think all of those characters, if they do pop up in the MCU later on online, will be played by those actors, though. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I, 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 like, I'm not sure if John Krasinski is going to play Reed Richards. I, I, don't, I, think it just, I think that may be just more of a nod to regards to the fan casting of who John Krasinski has been fan casted for years. Yeah. Like, so for example, like with Professor X, not to be bad or anything, and this isn't, um, you know, in no way take this in the wrong way, but Patrick Stewart is not going to be our Professor X in the MCU. Oh, no, no, like, no chance. Yeah, yeah, no you, chance. you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so, yeah, so it's one of those things where it's like, I think they're just kind of like just delving into the thing of like, this is what the potential is. So it just happens to be that Doctor Strange throughout the multiverse, the ones that we've come across are played by Benedict Cumberbatch. There might even be a caveat where it's like, there's certain characters that no matter where you go, it's always going to be that person who plays them. So, for example, if you go and read the comic books in, in Marvel comic books, when you read, um, when you look through every single Marvel universe, every single molecule man is Owen Weiss. Owen, Owen Weiss. Owen Reese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it might, so it actually might be the thing of that every single universe that you go to, like, you know, Doctor Strange is Stephen, or like the Susan Supreme is Stephen Strange, just because there has to be that one, that, that one fundamental thing that always happens. Because I think that's the same thing with Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch is basically what you call a ne- is basically what you or who you call a nexus being. Mm. So every single universe, MC uni- MCC universe, MCU universe that you go to, the Scarlet Witch is going to be Wanda Maximoff. So that could very much be the same with Doctor Strange as well. So I don't know. We'll see. I think once again, over the next ten years, we'll basically see, you know, how 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 they deal with that and what type of rules they set up. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Uh, so we got a, another question as well. This was from uh, Kev Kamaf from Facebook, uh, and he asked, uh, "Would you rather have your mouth sealed shut and your head pop like an overripe melon, or be turned into human spaghetti and have your head pop like a balloon?" <laughs> This is in reference, of course, to uh, Wanda's battle with the uh, Illuminati members and when she basically turned Mr. Fantastic into cheese string and, and um, yeah, pounded uh, Black Bolt's head like uh, yam and cassava. So, um, uh. so, yeah, which would you rather have? <laughs> um, uh, you, listen, you can go next, bro, because I like <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's not a choice. That's not an easy choice. No. Well, I can tell you what uh, Kev said, and I agree with him, because he said that he he would choose his mouth being sealed and the melon popping because it seems instantaneous and less painful. And I said, yeah, thinking about it, it does seem less painful, especially the way that the scene plays out. It yeah, pretty yeah. much happens, you know, within an instant. And that's that. Um, whereas, yeah, what happened to poor Mr. Fantastic? He he got shredded, man. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and then he yeah, screamed yeah. while he got shredded, and then his head got popped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, I I feel it a little bit for the dude there. So um, so yeah. yeah, I'd have to go with with the, the the head popping. I'm afraid. But how about you? Uh, you know what? After you after you break it down like that, I think I need to agree with both of you. So yeah, I'm going the black belt route, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that in the cinema. I go, yikes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. 
This is definitely not a, a, a PG Marvel movie. It's definitely not. <laughs> Just in case anybody was confused. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And lastly, we got a, a comment from M from the Verbal Diorama podcast. If you don't know that podcast, it's the best movie podcast out there that's not called Wulong Talks. So go and check it out, man. <laughs> it's amazing. Like M's you know, is such a great podcaster and like stuff she does is really good. I think she's released a Blade review this week as well. Yeah, she has, yeah. So, um, so yeah, go and check that out, man. But um, Em just gave us uh, her overall thoughts on the movie. She said, uh, overall, I liked it. I thought it struggled a little under its own weight at times. And even with WandaVision before it, Wanda's dive into darkness felt a little bit unearned. But I loved the Sam Raimi-ness of it. It had some really great horror moments. And I love that we got some badass Wong and they gave Rachel McAdams something to do. The Illuminati felt a little bit fancasty. I can't see Kranzinski coming back for Fantastic Four, to be honest. That feels like a one and done performance. Um, and yeah, I kind of agree with with that with the Krasinski thing and, and what you said as well, Rich, I, I don't think it's necessarily set in stone that he is going to be Mr. Fantastic going forward. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people have, have been saying over the past week or so that um, John Watts has stepped aside from Fantastic Four because Krasinski is going to direct it. Um, and that may well be the case, but that but he doesn't necessarily have to star in it as well. He, he could just be directing it and that's that. We don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm with I'm with you, M, and I'm with you, Rich. I, I'm not that confident that that he's you know everybody seems to be just taking it for granted that he is Reed Richards, whereas I don't yeah. think it necessarily is uh, the the case anymore. I, it, that feels like it was a bit of fan service, really, and to say, look, we finally mm. did the thing you've been hounding us to do for the last five or six years. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was kind of it, really. You know, you know, you know, you know who could play Mr. Fantastic? Just out of my head. Just mm. random because I feel that the issue that I had of John Krasinski that John, as crazy as it sounds, John Krasinski he's not scientific enough for me to believe that he's Mister Fantastic. He doesn't seem weird. Like for example, like Jeff Goldblum could play a Mister Fantastic because there's something that's just super intelligent and slightly off about him. That's mm. that's you know like you know that he looks like he could play the scientist, but also be like okay, cool. You could you know he could get. Um, you know, a, 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 a Susan Storm to be his girlfriend or be friends with like, you know, the big Hulkin guy, you know, Ben Grimm becomes a thing. But, um, you know, Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage could be Mr. Fantastic. I'm telling oh, you, wow. Man. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, no, 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 seriously, hear me out. Nicolas yeah. Cage talking scientific stuff. Mm. Just imagine that. And you could just go like, yeah, okay, cool. you know what you know what that is just weird enough that it might work <laughs> so i'm not even gonna no we're gonna say nothing about that cool all right well that's the questions and the comments and thanks a lot for uh sending those in guys um really appreciate that uh rich lastly i think we'll just wrap up and give our final score and um i won't ask you to place it in in the list of mcu movies that's long um but yeah just your your final score really is to um the movie and your final thoughts out of 10 i think i'll give it like a seven you know it it was good it was good like it has its faults and like I said, some of it are are wants and needs, 
but um, but it was still a very very enjoyable movie, and it was nice to have, it was nice to have a different feel on an MCU movie, or um, in regards to like Sam Raimi, you know, adding his Sam Raiminess to it. So yes, yeah, a, a nice a nice solid seven would do me for it. Yeah, I think I would go with seven out of ten as well. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. I think the strengths. Uh, do outweigh the weaknesses for me personally. Um, really, really happy with with Sam Raimi's direction on the movie. Really happy with Elizabeth Olsen's performance. Really happy with Benedict Cumberbatch and Sochi Gomez and and Benedict Wong. You know, they're all fantastic in it. Um, it's very exciting. It's it's very colourful. It's very beautiful to look at. I said, in my opinion, um, you know, it's really inventive in in the best way. And um, you know the negatives are there, but they they don't outweigh the the, the positives for me. So yeah, seven out of ten uh, for me on that one. Cool, cool, cool. lovely, jobby. All right, well, listeners, um, let us know your thoughts as well. If you've seen Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and you have any thoughts, any theories about where the MCU is going with that story and with Doctor Strange and those characters, then let us know. Um, listen to the end of the, the podcast. There'll be a short trail at the end that will let you know how to get in touch with us. Rich, as always, it's good to be back with you, bro. Um, just straight. give a quick plug for uh, Danger Room Analysis, if you would. Okay, so Danger Room Analysis is a Instagram show that I host on Thursdays with Alvin, who's actually been on this show. In fact, Alvin was on the last episode um, as well with, with Jason. And what we do is that we just pick a action scene or like, you know, some form of martial arts scene from any form of medium. So that can be from like, you know, comic books, films, animation, TV shows. And we just break it down as to like what we liked about it, what we didn't like about it what would change and any form of like, you know, trivia behind it. So that's every Thursday on our Instagram channel called Danger Room Analysis at 7.30. So yeah, this week's episode, you know, you know what? Every week's episode is a surprise up until about Wednesday. So yeah. So uh, yeah, you can find me there as well alongside, you know, obviously Jason and with uh, us on Wulongs. So yeah. Cool, cool. I'll uh, make sure I post up a link in the show notes as well. So um, listeners, check out the show notes on your podcast app and you'll find a link to where you can go and follow Danger Room Analysis on Instagram. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate that. And thank you for being patient and sticking around with us. We, we absolutely do appreciate that. And we are getting this big old Wulong Talks ball rolling again. So uh, look out for some more content from us very, very soon. Uh, but I'm going to leave it there and say good night. So thanks a lot. Good night. Rich, say good night. Good night. And uh, we will see you again real soon. Take care, everybody. Stay safe. And we'll be in touch. Peace. Thanks for listening to us. If you're down with Wulong Talks, show some love by following us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Wulong Talks. You can also find us online at www.wulongtalks.com or drop us an email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. We can also be found as part of the BrickPod Scene Collective and we're also officially E14 endorsed. Search for those hashtags to enjoy more content from us and from other great British podcasters. 